Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Welcome back, everyone. I'll tell you what, I would have to agree with Pastor Kristen. He is a good, good father. In fact, if you really think about that, that's not even a good enough description, is it? He's a great, great father, or we could say even an awesome, awesome father. Now, for those of you who have attended Faith City for any amount of time, you know that the word father that Jesus refers to uh, in the Greek is the word pater, which means source or origin. Now, think about that. Jesus came to reveal your source, who is God, that your divine origin is from God. You see, when we believe and walk in that revelation, everything changes. So it's a really important point. But like I said earlier, happy Father's Day to all you awesome dads out there. Today is a special day once a year that, you know, we celebrate fatherhood. And just like Mother's Day, I believe that we should celebrate our moms and dads every day of the year. Did you hear me? Every day of the year. But it is nice to have one day where basically we get to call the shots. (laughs) Right, guys? But seriously, I want to talk about this idea this morning of fathers and this idea of fatherhood. In fact, that really brings us to the good word for today, which is fatherhood. Now, what comes to mind when you hear these two words? Father figure. When you hear that word father figure. Now, father figure, if you look in the International Dictionary of Psychology, it defines father figure as a man, excuse me, father figure. Now, this word father figure, when you look in the International Dictionary of Psychology, which I'm sure we all do on a daily basis, anyway, it defines father figure as a man to whom a person looks up and whom he treats like a father. Father figures may include such individuals, it goes on to say, as adoptive fathers, stepfathers, older brothers, teachers, and others. Now, when you think of this word father figures, it's really important what comes to mind. What what emotions are drawn out when you think of father figures? Because you know what? Our fathers could have been great. I, I was so blessed to have a dad that was just an amazing dad. Not perfect. But really amazing. I mean, from, you know, celebration of my life to making me feel good and okay to even discipline. Great dad. Now, some may have had great dads. Maybe you just had an okay dad. Or maybe you just had a downright horrible father. Maybe for some of you, they were non-existent. Uh, They weren't even there mentally or physically. But here's the thing. All earthly fathers fall short. It's just how it is. We're human beings. We don't always do everything perfectly and right. And uh, I know in my own life that I've had plenty of times that I've just made wrong decisions as a father, that I've made bad decisions as a father. How about you? But see, what happens is then we drag the idea um, of a father um, into church uh, or... physically. But all earthlies fall short. It's just how it is. We're we're human. We won't always do everything perfectly and rightly. In fact, guys, you know what? In my own life, there's been plenty of times that I have not been the best father. How about you? 
But then you drag the idea of a father, or we could say a bad idea of a father, into the church or the religious realm. And we begin to see some pretty whacked out ideas, to be honest, when it comes to God or the divine. Because we all have, I would say, a certain reference point in which we see a father or father figure. Does that make sense? And so what has happened is man-made religion, it, it will tell you really one of two things about God. Number one, he's schizophrenic. In other words, he loves you, but he hates you. You ever had this feeling when it comes to God? You're not really sure how he feels about you, and so you struggle back and forth. Is he okay today? Maybe he's not tomorrow. We're not sure. So he's schizophrenic. Number two is that he's mysterious. Nobody can figure him out. Come on, we, we've all heard the quote before, right? God works in mysterious ways, which, by the way, isn't in the Bible. It's not a scripture verse. <laughs> but here's the thing. We have fathers who maybe weren't the best example of a good father. We've had religious or spiritual abuse that has beaten us up through legalistic preaching. And, and preaching? I mean preaching. Isn't in the Bible. It's not even a scripture verse. <laughs> but here's the thing. We have fathers who maybe weren't the best example of a good father. We've had religious or spiritual abuse that has beaten us up through legalistic preaching. Some have even experienced people in authority in the church dynamic who were abusive either physically or verbally or both. So whether it's your earthly father or the church, we can grow up with a really messed up view of males and fathers. And by translation, right, even by projection, a really messed up view of God. So there's a main point today that I want us to get through and to understand as, as closely as we can, and it's this. Proper fatherhood perspective comes from our Heavenly Father. Let me say that again. Proper fatherhood perspective comes from our Heavenly Father. That's why it's so important that we have a proper understanding of the Heavenly Father and of God. If not, we're already messed up. Things already are out of whack, right? So, again, Father... We're already messed up. Now, this is important for us as dads because... It doesn't mean that we do everything perfectly all the time, but it gives us an anchor or a reference point when it comes to how we father our children. Even though a religious system has given us a messed up perspective of God at times, the beautiful thing about Jesus showing up on the scene is that he gives us a different picture of who God is. In John chapter 14, let's look there in John chapter 14, and I want to start in verse 6. This is Jesus talking. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you'd have known who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. These are big, powerful words here. Verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? 
Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Awesome scripture verse. In another portion of the scripture, Jesus actually says that he's in the Father, the Father's in him, and we are in them. I mean, this is really powerful talk. It's this whole idea of this divine union that we have with God. But when you look at chapter 5 here, Jesus says, and this is really awesome in the message translation, just flipping back to John chapter 5, it says... The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Those are really powerful words. In fact, in another portion of scripture, Jesus says that I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and you are in us. I mean, that's really powerful, speaking of this divine union that we have with God. Now, if we look at what Jesus says and does, we get a consistently clear picture of the unconditional love and grace of God. See, what Jesus is saying is, listen, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I mean, think about Philip asked this question, and Jesus, I don't think he's upset, but he's just like, listen, Philip, we've been through this. You see my life. Whatever you see me do and you see me say, it's the Father working through me. We are one and the same. So we have to get this picture right. Now, in John chapter 5, if we just flip back a couple chapters, Jesus says, and this is really awesome in the message translation, he says, I'm telling you this straight. The Son can't independently do a thing. I'm telling you this straight. The Son can't independently do a thing, only what he sees the Father doing. What the Father does, the Son does. The Father loves the Son and includes him in everything he is doing. Wow. So, if you ever want to know what God is like, what Heavenly Father is like, just look to Jesus. Jesus was a restorer. He spent time with any and everyone. He was accepting of all people from all backgrounds and, and all issues in life. This is how God is with us. He receives us in every situation. Now, when he receives us, his intent is to empathize and sympathize and see where we are, but not leave us there to bring healing and restoration and goodness to our life. That's what salvation is. Now, it would be easy for me to give you a three or you know five-point sermon message on fatherhood and how we can all strive to be better, right? Done that before. Been there, done that. But that's where we've been going the whole wrong direction. He says, the father loves the son. What the father does, the son does. The Father loves the Son and includes Him in everything He is doing. This is such a powerful thing. I know they say that a lot. It's powerful. It's awesome. But it is. Because if you want to know what God is like, just look to Jesus. If you want to know what the Heavenly Father is like, how He treats others, look to Jesus. Jesus accepted any and everyone. He had relationship with everyone. Why? So He could bring salvation. What? What is salvation? It's, it's safety. It's restoration. It's healing. It's deliverance. That's his heart. So if that's the heart of Jesus, guess what? That's the heart of your heavenly father. I want us to get that. We have to have an understanding of that, or at least somewhat of an understanding uh, before we go on today. Now, listen, 
It would be really easy for me to give you a three or five point sermon message on fatherhood and how we all can strive to be better. But I really think that's where we've been going the wrong direction. Been there, done that, right? It's that idea of trying through our own you know, self-effort. Um, but here's the thing. When we do that, we always fall short. Rather than focus on ourselves as natural fathers, I believe it's important to look at God as father first. As we focus on his fatherhood, we then can see what that says about us as fathers. Now, as I was putting this message together, I was thinking about uh, the day that, you know, my children were born. I mean, it was a day like no other. Whenever I've told this story, I've always been honest about it, you know, and transparent. I mean, I could barely see my children because of the flood of tears. I was just, I was a weeping mess, right? But that's what happens when this new creation is birthed and you're like, wow, I had a part in this and it's just so beautiful and it's amazing, right? Again, I could barely see through this flood of tears, but what happens in time? Well, we tend to forget the beauty of that moment because kids are kids, right? Let's just put it that way. I mean, how quickly we can forget the beauty of that day in just a matter of sometimes months. I mean, they start to get their own will, they form their own opinions, and they don't always line up with what we think they should do or say or think, right? Any parents out there? But I was thinking about this time when the kids had just gotten out of school and Kristen and I had, you know, picked them up and we were sitting in the front seat and of course they were in the back and we were talking about the next day and our work schedules and Aiden says, because we were talking about days off, in the back seat I hear Aiden say, do I have a day off? And I kind of chuckled. I'm like, well, I'm thinking, yeah, every day is a day off for you. Of course, I didn't say that. I just said, yes, you do, buddy. And he says, cool, I'm going to do whatever I want. Wow. Do you ever feel like that? Like, I want a day off so I can do whatever the heck I want? Well, this is what Aiden says to me at the age of like four or five. I'm thinking, dude, you just don't get it. But he's four or five. So later on that day, you know, we're getting home from work and getting ready to have dinner. And Aiden says, I'm going outside to play. And I'm like, you're going outside to play? I mean, were you, were you going to ask me or just tell me? And this is his response. He says, uh, it's my day off. I can do anything I want. <laughs> I love that dude. All my kids have had those moments in their life. But, you know, when he first said that, I didn't know if I wanted to laugh or bring the hammer of my father authority down course, I think I let him go out and play. But my point is that I haven't always responded well as a father. I'm hoping in that situation, because it's a long time ago, that I was like, all right, buddy, well, we're going to eat dinner first, and then maybe you can go out. You know, but I've had times where I just did not handle things properly. You know, uh, I didn't discipline properly. Um, I, maybe I yelled or raised my voice or I said things that I shouldn't say. And that's why I'm telling you what, a lot of of I'm sorry's and heartfelt apologies, dads, they go a long way. Because we're going to mess up, right? But but discipline is important. Don't, don't take away from this that Pastor Andy doesn't discipline his kids. I certainly do. It's very important. But guess what? Proper discipline isn't punishment. I used to say it like this. It's not punishment for their past. It's training for their future. If we could really get this, if we could see this, I believe that we could both discipline our children, but also keep their heart. So let's take a look at the character of our Heavenly Father this morning. 
I think we need a true picture of the Father to counter this distorted picture that we've been handed down uh, to us, you know. of training, training. So let's take a look at the character of our Heavenly Father this morning. I do believe that we need a true picture of the Father to counter the distorted picture handed down to us by you know bad family memories and man-made religion. So today, very quickly, because I know we got barbecue grills that are itching to get fired up. I know we got some horseshoes or, or washer toss or ladder ball or whatever you wanna do, or just hanging out in the front porch doing nothing I know you want to get to that. So today we're just going to talk about four characteristics of God as a father. Okay? So number one, say number one, Heavenly Father is a giver. I want us to catch this. The Heavenly Father is a giver. Any picture that we have of God needs to be seen through Jesus Christ. We've said this I don't know how many times, but I'm going to continue saying it. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. This, was the right, this is what the writer of Hebrews tells us. And to get a good understanding of God's character, we need to look to who? Jesus. Now, Jesus said something really interesting in John chapter 10 and verse 10. I want to read this together. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, when we read this scripture verse, first of all, we need to understand that in context to what's being said here, the thief being mentioned is religion. It's actually the religious leaders of the day. And Jesus was trying to differentiate and have it to the full. Now, before we go on, I want us to understand here, first of all, the thief that's mentioned here in biblical context is speaking of religion. It's speaking of, more specifically, the religious leaders. Jesus was trying to make a distinction between him and the religion of the day, right? So he says, this religion, this, this thief, even the religious leaders, they come to steal and kill and destroy. But look what he comes to do. I've come to what? Give you life. And give you life to the full. Now, I love this in the message translation. It says it like this. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, just a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? I can't remember. It's, it's all a blur, right? What day is it? It's Father's Day. <laughs> anyway, I remember talking about this eternal life thing. And this isn't somewhere you go, you know, in the sweet by and by, although to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's talking about the best life we can live now. And more specifically for the Jew, living according to the Torah or the law. How can I live my best life now? And so he said, I've come to really help you experience this eternal life. And it's not through the law. It's through grace. Big difference in how we live. But think about this. All of our questions regarding the true nature of God are answered in one person. His name is Jesus. Now, I love this quote. I've, I've quoted this quite often by uh, pastor and author John Sheesby. He says this about God. 
Jesus isn't, he says this about God, Jesus's entire life was one long streaming video that displayed the goodness of the Father. Wow. Now we all know about streaming video, right? Right, right? So we need to maybe open up our application called Godflix. And we need to say, I want to see that full display of the goodness of the Father. That's what Jesus showed us. So what's the point here? If you've been given something good, then give thanks to God. But if you've been robbed, guess what? Don't blame God. He is not behind your loss. In fact, the Apostle James tells us that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, there's that word, of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That's an awesome guarantee. It also says in Romans, the Apostle Paul tells us in his letter to the Romans, God's gifts in uh, In his letter to the Romans, he says, God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. See, God's a giver, and he's a giver of good and perfect gifts. So dads, think about this the next time that your child is in need or even desires something. What is your first response? Are you a giver of good gifts? Just some things to think about. No condemnation. Just getting us to think a little bit. That's number one. Here's number two. Heavenly Father is a rescuer. The Heavenly Father is a rescuer. Now, I love this here in Matthew, back to the Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 18. I want to look at verse... In fact, the Apostle James tells us that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He says, every good and, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, there's that word, Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows shadows. And then the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans, he says this, he says, God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. Look at that. They're under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. God is a giver. And guess what? He's a giver of good and perfect gifts. Now, dads, I I want us to think about this the next time that, you know, your child is in need or even desires something. What is your response? What is the first response you have? Are you a giver of good gifts? Now, this is not to bring condemnation. This is just to get us to think. So that's number one. Number two, Heavenly Father is a rescuer. Think about that. Heavenly Father is a rescuer. Now, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 18. And I'm going to start in verse 12. He says, What do you think? If any man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray... Does he not leave the 99 in the mountains and go and search for the one that is straying? If it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 which have not gone astray. 
So, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones perish. What we see here is not a God who is angry or frustrated because you ran off or because you are lost, but a God who is tender-hearted and desires, I want you to hear this, desires to rescue. Now, of course, look at this. We are called sheep, right? And I don't think it's any coincidence that God calls us sheep here. Sheep have a tendency to make bad decisions, and sometimes, guess what? They wander off, you know, the same way that we do sometimes. So when something actually happens, like we really do something dumb, what does God do? When something actually happens, like we literally run away or we get lost, what does God do? The Bible says, if you want to use the Bible as your basis of life, the Bible says he pursues you. He leaves the 99 to find the one that's lost. Now, of course, man-made religion says that he breaks fellowship and he leaves. That you're on your own. And then you must come back when you're all cleaned up and you're ready. There's distance between you and the Father. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says that God is pursuing you because he wants to be with you and he loves you. No matter what you're doing or what you're going through, guess what? You have a heavenly father who is right there with you, pursuing you, desiring relationship with you, and wanting the best for you. See, this also shows that God cares for and loves us individually. You see, I can tell my children that I love them over and over and over again. But if I can never spend any time with them, if I don't choose to spend time with them, I don't think that they'd really believe me. See, it starts with, for God so loved the world, but there comes a point where I believe it needs to be up close and personal, like this. God loves me individually. God is accepting me and caring for me and happy with me. Pretty big things to say, but I think we need to say them. We need to get to the point where we believe them in our heart. So listen, dads, again, no condemnation this morning, okay? But maybe it's time to reevaluate the time that we spend with our children, me included. I mean, there's plenty of times that my wife reminds me, hey, you haven't spent a lot of time with the kids. And it's never for anything like, you know, well, I was off, you know, drinking with my buddies at the bar for all hours of the night. Well, no, that's, that only happens like once a month. That's a joke. <laughs> but it can be things that are important and necessary. But in, in the midst of all those things, am I choosing the time, setting aside the time, just a conversation, you know, engaging into their life? It's so important. Do our children feel special and cared for and loved? That's really the question. Again, no guilt or shame is intended here. We all have to take time to think through where we are in life and really just readjust things so that we're going in the right direction. After all, that's what repentance means, right? We change our minds and then we choose to go in a different direction. All right. So number two is what? Heavenly Father is a rescuer. Number three, Heavenly Father values you. I, I know I keep saying this, this is, this is a big deal and this is huge and this is powerful, but all of these are. The Heavenly Father values you. You have value. Look at this back in Matthew and we're looking at chapter 6 and let's start with verse 25. 
Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I love this last sentence. He says, Are you not of more value than they? Are you not of more value than they? Wow, that's huge. We could just think about that, right? But what I'm seeing here is that God has a deep concern for you. God really cares for you. He values you. Now, if I were to be honest, for my own, you know, just honesty's sake, then I would have to say that this is a very hard pill to swallow at times. Many times the answer to the question, is God concerned for me? Um, do I have any value uh, as far as God's concerned? Usually my answer would be, and especially in the past, no, he really doesn't care. Or no, I definitely don't have value to him. But the truth is that he does care for me. And he also cares for the stuff that I'm going through. And he does see value in my life and in your life. In 2 Corinthians in chapter... What I'm going through in my life. In fact, the Apostle Paul, he says that he cares for you and the stuff you're going through, that he's the God of all comfort. He says this in 2 Corinthians. Now, I love this here in 2 Corinthians 1 in chapter 3 through 5. deep concern for you. Now, if I were to be honest, just completely honest with you, then I would have to say that this is a very hard pill to swallow at times. Now, I think I'm better now than I used to be because I'm getting a better understanding of my Heavenly Father, but many times my answer to the question, is God concerned for me or does God see value in me? It would usually have the answer, no, he really doesn't care or he certainly doesn't see value in me. But the truth is that he does care for me. And not only that, he cares about the stuff that I'm going through. He cares for you and the stuff that you are going through. Not just me, but you as well. In fact, the Apostle Paul says in Corinthians, he's the God of all comfort. And I think we need to really latch on to that and embrace that. But Paul also says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And just read with me here starting in verse 3. He says, all praise to the God and the Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times, and before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else, this is huge, who is going through hard times. Why? So that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. Man, are you reassured this morning? Are you seeing how good this is? I mean, this shows us that God sees value in us. He deeply cares for us. So dads, maybe we have some room to grow here, right? I know I certainly do. Sometimes I'm not very comforting to my children, and that is something that I know I need to work on. It's easier to just say, 
get over it or figure it out, right? Than it is to take time to hear their struggle or their heart on an issue. So I definitely have room to mature in this area. So think about that, guys. Can we grow a little more empathetic uh, toward our children? Can we take a little more time to value them and show them that value? Number four, we're almost done. Our Heavenly Father has made us His. Now make this personal. Made you His. The Heavenly Father has made us or made you His. Now, this isn't a property thing, okay? This isn't talking about property, but it's His as a child. Now, I like this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Read this with me. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, we talked about this, geez, I can't remember the day again, but we talked about it several times, that word Abba, the closest translation in English would be the word Daddy. In fact, I've heard people who have gone to the Holy Land and gone to Israel, which I would love to to do. That'd be an awesome trip and tour. But when they go by a school playground, they literally hear these little kids crying out, Abba, Abba. In other words, Daddy, Daddy. It's with an excitement, right? But he goes on in verse 16 to say, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. If there's ever a time in your life where you're struggling with sonship, where, we, where you're struggling with identity, don't listen to anyone but the Holy Spirit. What does he say here? The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So who are you listening to? You need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes our head and different ideas and the, the ideas of other people, they're telling us a different story. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit himself, testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Abba, Father. It's, we could say it's a sonship. We are his children. This might sound kind of odd to some of you, especially if you've tuned in for the first time, but we can literally call God Daddy. I know, kind of wild, right? But the point is intimacy. The point is familiarity. The point is being comfortable with your Heavenly Father. Again, this word Abba, you know, it's not our best English. We can call him Daddy. See, it's not our best Old English prayers, Father God, thou, thou artist, and thine Holy One. Hey, Shakespeare, what you doing? Now, again, if you pray like that, listen, no offense, okay? But I'm just saying, Prayer should be a speaking to our Father. If my kids ever came up to me and were trying to speak such proper English that they were tripping over themselves or thought that somehow that would garner some more love or appreciation, I would say, just quit it. Just be yourself. I guess that's what I'm saying. Just be yourself with Heavenly Father. But look at this. Verse 16 again. The Holy Spirit, he reminds us. When we, when we see this verse, what is it? It's him reminding us of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We are His children. Plain and simple. See, having an understanding of who we are and whose we are, I guess what? That's just what it, how it is. See, having an under, you see, having an understanding of who we are and whose we are has everything to do with outward change. So in conclusion, God is a giver. God is a rescuer. God values you. God made you his. 
Do you know what that means, dads? You know what that means for us? You are a giver. You are a rescuer. You can bring value to your children. You can make your children feel a part of your family. And for those of you who aren't fathers, I hope that this has encouraged you as well in seeing the heart of your Heavenly Father towards you. Guess what? He has no respecter of persons. He loves and cares and he's extended the same grace and mercy and goodness to all people, right? Toward all of his creation. Now that's good news. So with that, guys, happy Father's Day. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace, just all that awesomeness that you bestowed on every single person on this planet. In fact, on all creation. I pray today as fathers that we're seeing the truth, not just of who you are, but the truth of who we are. Because really, we're built in your image and likeness. I pray today that we could reflect these values where, you know, we're givers to our children. We are rescuers of our children. We show them that they're part of the family. We bring value to who they are. It's so very important. So Holy Spirit, if there's any areas of our life where maybe we have a misunderstanding or a misconception or a distorted view of who Heavenly Father is, continue to work on our heart. Continue to bring clarity in these areas because as we gain a sense of clarity as to who you are, Heavenly Father, we begin to see who we are because you are in the Son and the Son is in you and we are in all of you. It's amazing. I pray that we would have more clarity. I pray that we would have clarity and as we and as we have more of a and as we have more of a clarity of who you We'll see that more clarity. I pray that you would bring clarity to us in this thing called fatherhood, that we would begin to see more clearly your fatherhood, and then in turn we would see our fatherhood. Because after all, Jesus, you are in the Father, the Father is in you, and we are in God. It's absolutely amazing. I pray that the Father's are blessed today that they have a good day full of safety and goodness and just fun with their family and their friends. We pray for all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Wow. Well, thanks for tuning in today. I hope that you dads have an awesome day. I hope you have some awesome plans with family and or friends. Remember that God loves you and he cares for you immensely and that, you know, we as dads can do the same for those that we father. Now, just a reminder that our very first service in our building on Main Street will be on July 12th. I'm so looking forward to that. Also, Just a reminder that now just a reminder that our very first service in our building 
Now, just a reminder that our very first service in our building on Main Street will be on July 12th. Put that in your calendars, July 12th. I'm so looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. Also, we will not have our live at 5 this evening. We're still looking at you know, the schedule, and most likely we will be taking the summer off. Now, that doesn't mean that we might not have a special live at 5 here and there, but we just wanted to prepare you ahead of time for that. I also want to do a big ask for anyone who is willing and able. Through the last several months of quarantine and lockdown, donations to Faith City have been extremely low. Now, we understand that many people lost hours of work or maybe even lost their job, and that attributes to a whole lot of what has transpired. I understand that, you know, many of us have taken a hit during this time, okay? But what I'm doing is I'm asking for those of you who may be back to work or maybe you have a continuing source of income, I'm asking you to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is your part? How can you participate in giving to Faith City Church? Listen, we never twist arms. I will never manipulate people out of money. But I do think that it's important that we share where we are as a community. So if you're someone who does not have any financial means or extra, listen, don't worry about it. There's no shame or guilt or condemnation as far as we are concerned. But if you can in any way give, then begin to give regularly again. what's your part, or how you can participate in giving to Faith City Church. Now listen to me. We never twist arms. I will never manipulate. But I think that it's important that we share where we are as a community. So, if you're someone who does not have any financial means or extra, don't worry about it. There's no shame or guilt. There's no condemnation as far as we're concerned. But if you can in any way give... Uh, begin to give regularly again or give some extra, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, We've been working with different vendors and utilities providers of the building to make sure that things remain on and going so that when we get back, we have a building and things are ready to rock and roll. But uh, you know what? I would like to get things caught up in the next few weeks if possible. So if you want to give now, you can just go to faithcity.tv slash give. It's really, really simple to give at the link. Also, if you're following along on the YouVersion Bible app, which I know a lot of you are, at the very bottom of the notes, there's a link there uh, to give. And as always, you could write a check made payable to Faith City Church and simply send it to 806 Main Street, Fenton, Michigan, 48430. Thanks again, you guys, for all you do. Your giving is greatly appreciated. I'm telling you, we have such a generous bunch of people. And we've been continuing to pray for you and be in agreement that finances come your way. You know, if some of you have lost jobs, we're praying for new jobs. For those who are laid off, we're praying that you can go back to work. Listen, we are for you. We are not against you. And we are looking forward to being together again. So with that, have a great day, dads. Again, happy Father's Day. We love everyone that's watching or even not watching because we love you all. But we're praying for you and we will see you again next week. <clears throat> 806 Main Street, Fenton, Michigan, 
484-4830. Thanks again, you guys, for all you do. You, your giving is greatly appreciated. You guys are so generous. You're awesome. And we're continuing to pray for any of you who have lost jobs or are looking for new work. Listen, we know it's not an easy situation, but we're calling in finances into your hands in Jesus' name. We're calling in work in Jesus' name. So with that, have a great day. Happy Father's Day to all you awesome dads out there. And guess what? We love you. We love moms. We love everyone because we're just the church that's known to love everyone. Amen. We love you. We're praying for you. And we will see you again next week right here, Facebook Live, YouTube Live at 10 a.m. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.